You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Welcome to a very fun and insightful episode of TFL Talking Trucks. And that's because we have some special guests. And the topic of the show is all about purchasing a new vehicle, uh, a pickup truck. It can be anything, really. Uh, but we're kind of facing a pretty tough market because there is a lot of demand. People would like new vehicles and slightly used vehicles, but uh, there's not a lot of supply. But on this show, I have two special guests, Ray and Zach Shevska from joinyaa.com. So guys, thank you for joining. Well, thank you for having us and and uh, and, and thinking of that we could be interesting and be on your show. Yeah, and, thank you, Andre. Stoked to be here. And also insightful. Um, well, we'll do our best. <laughs> so, here, here's a little bit of background, right? So how we kind of got together. Uh, we recently, what, several months ago, actually, we started working on a video series um, on our kind of a used more affordable vehicle video series for TFL Truck. Uh, we called it Go Big, No Payment Needed. And we've done several of these over the years, but this particular one was we had a budget of $10,000 and we wanted to buy three vehicles each under $10,000. So this was uh, Tommy, Nathan and I on our team. And uh, you guys were helping us out, first of all, with partnering on the video series and also helping us judge the market. So uh, so that's kind of how we started um, working together. So thank you. But how did Join YAA start? How did you guys start? And Pops, if I may just for a second here, when we negotiated to, to, to sponsor and be a partner of TFL, I told them that we are the proud owners of stopbuyingcars.com, but we do not own stopbuyingtrucks.com. So we felt that morally it was okay for us to continue with the sponsorship. It is a terrible time to buy a car <laughs> truck. Let's just preface today's conversation with that. But the series was awesome to watch and we're super proud to have sponsored it. But dad, what's the origin story? How'd we end up doing YAA? I don't know. I was retired, damn it. And uh, <laughs> after 43 years in the car business, managing dealerships and, uh, and actually uh, rather enjoying retirement when, when Zach and, and his co-founder came to me and said, there's got to be a better way. We got to be able to figure out a better way to help people buy cars. And uh, we should do a video series. Uh, and, and Zach thought that I would make a great spokesperson. I, I told him I preferred to be a hand model, but he, 
he thought that 43 years in the car business, I might have some insights that I could share. And Andre, you can probably appreciate this. So we, our YouTube channel just passed 175,000 subscribers, which we're super proud of. Just search YAA on YouTube and, and we'll pop up. And the first video flopped. The second video has over a million views. It's incredible. Um, you, you all over at the TFL said, you know how that works, um, but it's awesome. We just started with educating people on YouTube. It was, it was really pretty cool. Okay, well, that's really cool. I mean, I think all of us, uh, well, all of us depend on vehicles at some way or another, right? And, uh, you know, some of us are enthusiasts, you know, at TFL, uh, most all of us are enthusiasts. So we appreciate vehicles also, uh, not just as a transport, but also as kind of an emotional thing as well. Um, and, but all of us need to get somewhere from somewhere. <laughs> yes. So, so it's, it's very critical because, you know, if you're going to work or if your work is, you know, not reachable by, you know, maybe a good public transport, uh, something like that, then you need a vehicle, you need a pickup or something. Um, so, um, so what is some of your advice, I guess? Well, first of all, you need to know what a person is using their vehicle for, right? And that's definitely a major or a contributing factor. Like right now, Andre, what we see a lot of, so what we've built with YAA is like the YouTube is one piece of it. Um, but we have a whole car search that we try and make that less, less uh, sleazy, less slimy, no lead gen forms, things like that. We pair people with car buying coaches, you know, to essentially ask the question that you just asked. And, and like one of the most common things we hear is like, hey, my car got totaled. I need a car. Okay, great. You know, we're going to help you go through that process. Hey, I just want to buy this car because I think it'd be nice. No, maybe now's not the right time. Folks that are looking for getting to work, it's a different circumstance than looking for a track car right now. Um, so we kind of see it all on our end, but the the kind of broad strokes perspective and keep me honest here, Dad, is the market right now is really tough. What what you were we do we do a live show Monday through Friday on on our channel. You said it today. It used to be four million new cars in inventory. What three years ago? Two and a half years ago, the the number of new cars that were sitting on dealer lots and available for sale was slightly more than 4 million. And that was considered normal at that time. And today, as we speak, that number has dwindled down to about 900,000. So we're less than a fourth of what used to be considered normal. And when you have such limited supply, but there's still some type of demand for these vehicles, um, what we've seen is dealers uh, that are really good at taking advantage of a situation. And that situation is the first law of supply and demand. When supply is low and demand is high, prices are going to go up. And, and dealers on average in many parts of the country are charging anywhere from 20, uh, 10 to 20% above manufacturer's suggested retail price uh, to any customer that wants to buy a vehicle. And you know, that, that makes it tough for the average person to buy a car today. Even above average people are <laughs> finding it tough <laughs> to buy a car today. So, yeah. Absolutely. And it's the toughest when, like you said, you need a car. Like, let's say it was damaged, right, in an accident. Mm -hmm. You need the car tomorrow or the next day. Um, and that, that's a really tough situation. So how do you, first of all, how do you pair people? I mean, let's say, you know, I join, you know, I become yeah. a member, right? And is it like a, a daily or a weekly or a monthly? How does that work? 
So, so many things that we do are free, just to be crystal clear. So like we consider people to be members when they subscribe to the newsletter, subscribe to you. Like we just want to help people feel more empowered. The premium product we sell, the premium membership, those people stay around for a couple of months as they're navigating the process. We've kind of got different experts on our team. So as you're thinking about what vehicle do I want, if you're leaning more towards an EV, you might be chatting with Justin or Mario or Justice. Those are the trio that are really, you know, they know what's going on in that space. If you're thinking about, I don't know, anything else, you're probably going to be chatting with Phil. Phil's kind of like our, our guy on that end of the spectrum. You go into the F&I office, you're thinking about your financing and things like that. You're probably going to chat with Kimberly on our team. So we kind of have different folks in different phases of the journey that are there to help you. And then we help you manage the process on, on the website as well. Um, but major pieces of all of this, Andre, are like, if we can convey to someone that you shouldn't be doing it right now, that unfortunately is what we're doing, which is interesting for business. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Prices are just so inflated. We were we were talking about it earlier today, Dad, or on yesterday's show. Was I think it's like the average average Toyota that sold last month in April. The average transaction price on a Toyota was what forty two thousand dollars. It was over forty thousand dollars. That's a Toyota. Okay. The the uh, there are very few cars that are available today at what we would call a, a, obtainable price points. Yeah. Um, Nissan, Mitsubishi. Uh, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, they all have vehicles that start either in the upper teens or the low 20s. Um, but once you start adding dealer mandated accessories and additional dealer markups, what was intended to be the affordable cars for people at the lower end of the economic spectrum are now becoming even less affordable for those people. So it's it's really a, an ugly and very difficult situation that a lot of customers find themselves in because it's it's the average car payment today, Andre, believe it or not, is six hundred and ninety eight dollars a month On a for a car. for a new car. Six hundred and ninety eight dollars a month. You know, people that were looking for cars in the 20s and low 30s, well, they're not looking for a $700 a month car payment. Right. And if I, oh, before the insurance, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. This That's just the loan. That's just for the car loan. So this is the type of stuff that we're working on, Andre. It's like you get paired up with Phil. You're talking to him every day, either via text message. We set up phone calls with folks. We do that. We're working on integrating auto insurance payment estimates into our car search because we have an out the door price on our car search. We get emails weekly from dealerships saying, hey, take our out the door price off your website because the out the door price is actually so much more. Well, one of the ways that we've tried to combat that is we set up a crowdsourced uh, car dealer reviews network. We've had over 1,700 car dealerships reviewed. We're starting to uh, ingest the information about how much they're charging for those mandated add-ons. We're partnering with websites like markups.org to also capture their data. Like, there's so much power that as individuals we can have if we come together um, so that then when you do go to the car search, yeah, the out the door price doesn't show $40,000 uh, when it really should show 45,000 because they're adding 5,000 in this crap. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a mess out there. But the, the thing that we are proud of is that we're kind of like trying to build the platform where people can get the right information at the right time. And the reason we charge people for it is so we don't have to be like true car, <laughs> you know, we don't have to pretend like we're actually consumer advocates and then get paid by the dealers. We don't, which is, which is, I think a really good thing. So right now I'm on your site. So I, just as we're speaking, right. 
uh, I want to kind of experience this. And yeah. I just went to joinya.com and I'm, I'm not logged in. So I'm not, I don't have a premium membership, right? And uh, for example, I was curious about this one pickup truck. I, I wanted yeah. to look at the Jeep Gladiator, okay? So uh, I typed it in, pretty simple, uh, Jeep Gladiator. Um, and I put in my zip code and I said used because I, I don't want to pay new, <laughs> new prices. And next to me, well, not next to me, within 500 miles of me, let's say, yeah, 392 matches. So how, what kind of database are you, I mean, are you connected to a lot of different inventory databases or how does this work? Yeah, and Andre, you can even, I'm visualizing our car search page right now. You can even do nationwide. Uh, so if you go up in the top left, we have a nationwide. Yeah, we scrape dealer websites, um, which is super interesting. And thank goodness for the Supreme Court upholding that that is entirely legal to do. Um, it's a great precedent to set because it allows for companies like ours to show that information in a way that's useful. I mean, the, you tell me, is there a single ad on the page that you're looking at right now? No, there's no single ads, but, and it looks like you're using images from that listing. Yes, right? 100%. So, yep. so whatever that image, uh, whatever that vehicle is on sale, let's say at the dealership inventory, I see that. So I, some, I, I see, you know, a way to call that dealer, for example, because some of them in, embed that into the image. Uh, but mm -hmm. that's, I don't see any ads here. Yeah, there's no ads, no, no dealer lead gen forms. Um, if you start to go through the process and you get started and everything, we actually have a more in-depth, what we call a market price report, which is a more in, it's almost, I'm going to use V auto. Um, v auto is a used car pricing tool that, that dealerships use. We built essentially that for the consumer. That was the first thing we ever built at YA about a year ago. Um, my dad really spearheaded that with us. And so we kind of go from the car search to the market price report. And from the market price report, you get paired up with a coach. Coach helps you out. Also, honestly, we also leverage the community a lot. Mm -hmm. So many people on, on our free community forum, there's over 10,000 members there that are sharing deals that they're getting and things like that. All to just help people get more confidence as they, uh, as they go through the process. Yeah, and you can kind of shop around, right? So you can maybe narrow your field of view or, or widen it, like you said, right? So you can go nationwide or you can go a little bit more local and then kind of empowering yourself with that knowledge because when you go let's say to a dealership in this case uh, anyone you could say hey i noticed the average price was this right and so um so you have a little bit more knowledge there definitely that, that's one of that's one of the things that we we say a lot is that knowledge is power um i've i've kind of amended that to be applied knowledge is power uh if we just give you the knowledge and we don't help share with you how you can apply that knowledge, then that, that knowledge is useless. So we actually uh, have coaches, we have uh, email templates, uh, various guides to assist and help people uh, when it comes to figuring out how to, uh, how to contact the dealer, how to try and negotiate uh, on the vehicle, uh, what the real market conditions are today, what you can expect. And one of the things that you said earlier is, well, you wanted to look for used Jeep gladiators because you didn't want to have to pay a new car price. Truth right. of the matter is right now, used Jeep gladiators are probably <laughs> selling for more than they did when they were brand new. So you would have been better off searching for a brand new one today. 
Thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've saved you before you spent your money. Hey, to be honest, thank goodness for Stellantis, one of the few manufacturers that's still selling below MSRP. Yes. We've heard of people in our community getting RAM deals under 10% under MSRP. I mean, so it kind of depends. It depends on the brand. You're trying to get a 10% under MSRP on a Toyota hybrid RAV4 or Prime, like no way. There, there was a gentleman that messaged me yesterday. He was looking at a special edition um, C-Class Mercedes. Okay. And and the, the dealer had agreed to actually sell it to him at MSRP and they had the vehicle in stock. And with all the taxes and everything, it came out to the out the door number was like 60, 61, eight or 60,800. And he said, well, I want to make him an offer of 55,000. What do you think? I, I said, well, I'm pretty sure that's wishful thinking on your part. Uh, and as it turned out, uh, he, he messaged me back. He said, yeah, they sold it 20 minutes after I left. Um, it's you know the the sad reality is you have to know what the market conditions are and specialty vehicles like that you're not going to be able to get for under msrp but there are vehicles out there that you still can purchase under msrp because they either have more inventory than other brands or they still have incentives from the manufacturer i gotcha yeah so and you need to somehow discern this information like a used gladiator more expensive than the new one, right? Um, and so, and we get these uh, questions all the time, also, right? So at TFL, sure, sure. I mean, we're we're not in sales, you know, we don't sell vehicles, but we review them and then we test mm -hmm. them. But we get these questions all the time too. Uh, what you know, what would you recommend? Yada yada. You know, this dealership is marking up this vehicle. What do I do? Uh, one of the things that I noticed personally, and I want to see if I'm correct here is uh, orders. So if you actually order a vehicle and select all your particular options just the way you want it, mm -hmm. you have the luxury of time. So you can wait for that vehicle to be built, which could be weeks or months. Then you can kind of lock in your price. And, and it could be MSRP, it could be, you know, maybe slightly less, uh, it depends, I guess. Um, and then and then that vehicle arrives just the way you want it. Is that do you see that as well, like the ordering process? Take deep breath before we answer this. Theoretically, yes. <laughs> um, in practice, a lot of challenges to that. And so probably the most impactful thing that we can share right now is if you do a factory order through a dealership, which every manufacturer is doing right now, but let's be clear, actually, Ford just closed the order bank on F-150 2022 model year F-150s. And we expect more manufacturers to stop 2022 model year uh, builds and just stockpile for the 2023s. But regardless, on the RO for the PDI, no accessories or no, no additional um, dealer, dealer, marks, dealer accessories. accessories. What that means is on the repair order for the pre-delivery inspection, do not add any other dealer installed accessories. So when you ask for a signed buyer's order or just some sort of signed paperwork that says, hey, here's the agreed upon out the door price, get the sales manager to also write there on the RO for the PDI, the dealer will add no installed accessories. Because what's happening more and more, Andre, is we've got a, we've got a great deal. MSRP, we wait anywhere from a couple of weeks to more frequently a couple of months. The car arrives and the dealer says to our community member, all right, this is what we agreed to, but here's what the new price is because of market conditions. 
and that's not fair to anyone. Um, no. And it's and it's being greedy. Um, but what recourse does the consumer have? Yeah, you can share a review online, but the dealership's still going to turn around and sell to someone else. The best way to protect yourself is is to get that in writing, like like you taught us, Pops. Yeah, one of the things I mean we've recently done, uh, I guess probably two or three times in the last four or five months, is we've actually done videos. Uh, that appear on our YouTube channel on how to actually go in and do a factory order with your dealership. And we role-play them, to and, be clear. And we did yeah, one recently yeah. where we role-played it. Um, but there are certain things that you need to do at the time that you're placing a factory order. And the most important thing you need to do is agree to what the selling price will be on that vehicle when it comes in. And so that you, you need to discuss Yes, you want to order the vehicle exactly the way you want it. Uh, and no, you don't want the dealer to add any additional dealer items unless you've requested them. Mm -hmm. And then determine what the price is going to be subject to any price increase from the manufacturer between the time you place the order and the time the car actually gets produced. Because we just saw recently with Subaru, I think it was the 26th of April, where they they increased $500 on every MSRP across the board. So anything ordered or invoiced to the dealer before April 26th will be at the old MSRP. Anything built or invoiced after April 26th will be at the higher MSRP. But if you've negotiated the price plus any applicable price increase from the manufacturer, you're protected, but you need to get the dealer to sign off on that when you place the order and leave a deposit. So that's just um, in writing, basically. Yes. That's yeah. Writing's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. on, paper, on, on paper and writing. So yeah, because uh, it's a lot more difficult to negotiate. Like you said, if, if you did not order it, just walked in and you saw it on the lot, right? And the dealer may say, well, I have four other people interested in this, right? Or whatever, whatever the, wherever the case may be. So that's quite interesting. I, so I noticed uh, one, I have a couple more questions. So first of all, yeah. what I like, I'm, I'm still looking still on a Jeep Gladiator. Um, um, you have uh, days on the market, which is very clearly labeled uh, for each vehicle. So that's quite interesting um, because it varies from several days to hundreds of days still yeah um, and then you have out the door price i wanted to ask you about that element uh because you kind of mentioned it briefly but but there's an advertised price and the out the door price and what is that difference so we did a few things that are i don't know i would say unorthodox on the car search because we're not trying to hoodwink anyone and and we're Again, the way we get paid is by people joining and becoming members and, and, and things like that. So our goal isn't to get just page views on search results, like maybe a car gurus or cars.com. So we take the advertised price, which is what the dealership's advertising it for. And then we also show next to it a higher price, which is the out the door price, which includes an estimate of the dealer doc fee, your taxes, your title, and your registration in, uh, in your state, wherever you're going to be registering the vehicle. And what, what's interesting about this is it adds, in some states, a significant amount of money to your out-the-door price. Our whole hope and intent is that people then have more realistic expectations as they begin to negotiate. The example you shared a minute ago, Dad, about that C-class, if, if I've got an out-the-door on MSRP at 61000 do you think they'll bite at fifty-five? Of course not, especially in this market, prior markets potentially. 
And what's super interesting about this is that dealer reviews uh, or that crowdsource dealership reviews thing that I talked about a second ago, we're actually starting to crowdsource what the doc fees are across all, all the dealerships out there. We've got 1,700 of them. And it's not out there right now. It probably won't be out there for a couple months, but we plan on integrating that back into the car search so that as community members tell us that, hey, there's a dealership in Florida, XYZ Honda, that charges, they somehow got around the $1,000 cap in Florida because they charge two dock fees. We see this happen. So their dock fee is actually $1,400. We want to show that in the car search because that, that just helps people find the dealers who, like Earl Stewart, for example, they can find the dealers like Earl Stewart who aren't charging egregious fees and be able to just focus their attention there. And one comment on the, uh, on the days on market, you know, one of the challenges that we face with scraping the data, more and more frequently dealerships are advertising vehicles that they don't actually have. So if you were to do a nationwide search on our car search right now of all new vehicles, it's going to show more vehicles than are actually on dealers lots right now. And that's simply a function of dealers are advertising cars they don't have. We've added recently an in-transit uh, tag to vehicles that we know are in transit, but it's pretty tricky to measure that. But it's the reality is that, you know, there's a, go, go drive down dealership row. There's no cars, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. just because Cox Automotive is guilty of this. They put out reports monthly that say there's like a 25 day supply of inventory in, in the new car market. And it's like, Literally no one in Cox Automotive's headquarters walks outside and goes to a car dealership because it's BS. Yeah, and I've seen, I mean, it's a set, it's not a good thing. Uh, no. People sometimes put, you know, the dealership's vehicles across the front of it. So you kind of hide the, the, red, the, the empty lot that's behind it, right? Yeah, most dealerships have a lot of asphalt to sell at the moment and, and not a lot of metal. Yeah, totally. So and, and if Andre, if I could, one of the other things I wanted to say about the out the door price is if people are have a payment in mind, okay, knowing what the out the door price is gives them a better understanding as to what that's going to translate into for their monthly payment for a car loan. If they think their budget is $40,000 and that will, that will end up giving them a car payment that's affordable. If they start looking at cars that are $38,000, even $40,000, thinking it's going to be in their budget. And then on average, um, the out-the-door price is about 10% higher because fees typically run close to 10%. Well, that extra $4,000 might throw them out of what their budgeted car payment could be. And, and that's another reason why we, we show an out-the-door price. So they have a better understanding of, of what that what that loan will really look like. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, for example, our local tax, and I've seen it on your site, you're also kind of estimating tax or yep. not estimating. Uh, you know what the local taxes are. Um, it could be 8.7%, mm -hmm. at, least, at least in my area where I am in Colorado. So, so that's a significant... <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> that's a significant amount of money. Yeah. It adds it up in a hurry. Yeah. Totally, totally cool. Um, so um, let's switch a little bit to the, uh, to the video series. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? <laughs> First of all, are, are you enjoying it? And what do you think about our vehicles? We got three big SUVs. I, I thought they were all wonderful. And I really liked yours, personally. <laughs> My Cadillac. My yes, yes, yes. 
did anything die in that Cadillac? I'm just curious. Um, so let's review in case somebody didn't watch the series, okay? And I'll tell you a little bit more. So uh, we wanted to buy three large SUVs for this Go Big video series that we're working on, we're partnering on together. And uh, the idea was they needed to be big because we're gonna take them camping, right? We're gonna take them camping out in the wilderness and they have to be four wheel drive. And so I decided um, to get a Cadillac Escalade because that's very natural for camping, right? Sure. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I found, I was able to find a 2003 model um, Cadillac Escalade. And then Tommy uh, was able to find a GMC Suburban, not a Chevy Suburban, but a GMC Suburban. Yeah. Uh, back when there were still Suburbans and not Yukons. Um, and uh, Nathan got a Ford Excursion, mm -hmm. as Nathan does. Uh, he always goes big. When he goes big, he goes really big. He goes big. So uh, my Cadillac, uh, and we already published this episode um, on the mechanic. Our mechanic, Toby, looked, looked them over. And yes, the Cadillac looks nice. It looks nice outside and inside is also was well taken care of until you actually smell it. Right? <laughs> The, 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 the smell, you should have a smell rating in your search. <laughs> in your, no, uh, I like that. Um, well, that's only for used vehicles, right? Um, anyway, so the gentleman who used to own it just was smoking a lot in this vehicle. So, um, so the smell was uh, quite, it, it's much better now. Um, but the concern was always, first of all, uh, the suspension has a kind of an air ride and we, we've been taking them on the rough roads, uh, yeah. rough roads in Colorado and Utah. And uh, one of the things I was worried about is kind of, you know, blowing out the suspension. It's old, right? It's, a, it's almost 19 years old and it's got 180 something thousand miles on it. So, um, and then also I, I don't have a low range transfer case, kind of the low gearing to do slow speed off road. So that was my other concern. Um, but thankfully, I, I have to say, uh, oh, and Nathan had huge concerns. Well, all of us had concerns. Part of the part of the video, part of the video series is making it fun, right? Yeah, of course. Sure. Making it fun and making it a little bit unpredictable. Nathan has a whine from his rear differential, so his rear differential, the gears are worn out. Um, his brakes are not in the best condition because they would pull one way under heartbreaking. Um, his transmission didn't shift quite as good as a, a new one should probably. Um, yeah. and, and Tommy's, uh, Tommy's was kind of rough too, um, but they kind of survived. So they, they, wow. they kind of went through all the obstacles. Can I make a comment really quickly? Yes. So love the series, super proud to be the associate with TFL and especially the series. The scary and kind of unfortunate reality is, and the series is meant to be fun and, and everything. So many people are buying exactly what y'all had to buy. Like their budget is under $10,000 and you've, you've actually done a public service to help demonstrate what that buys, um, which is scary in all honesty. And, and I, I didn't go back and watch the initial uh, Go Big series from two years ago. I did watch last year's, but I feel like the, the quality of the vehicle is probably a little bit different, uh, you know, two years on your money just doesn't go as far nowadays as it did before. 
Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy to think that that's what ten thousand dollars buys. So, and I I, I want to extend that your comment and, and say, um, especially uh, when we talk to our mechanic, yeah, uh, because we have a certified mechanic, Toby, at German Auto, who um, kind of looked over these trucks and. And then he's like, well, you got to budget like two to three K to bring it to a good standard, a good driving standard. And, and in some cases, it's safety related. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of cases it's safety. For example, in the previous series, I had a Mazda B4000 pickup and the front uh, wheel assembly was so worn out. He said, do not drive this. Um, he's like, you're not driving this vehicle anymore. And we, uh, we spent about a thousand dollars to replace, you know, the front kind of hub assembly and, and the wheel bearings and all that stuff. Um, so, um, and the steering linkages, right? So, so it was kind of related to this, the steering. Um, so you have to budget for that too, right? Let's say like you were talking about the budget, let's say my budget is 10,000 and I bought something for 9,500, right? <laughs> Out the door at 9,500. Yeah. <laughs> Out the door, but then it needs three grand of repair. Right? Exactly. So how do, you know, that's, that's really important, which is why we kind of bought well under our budget, right? So Tommy spent 4,000, I spent about six and Nathan spent eight. Um, and so we still had that money, right? That we could actually make these vehicles safe and, and nice and nice to drive. Yeah. It's, it, it, it is so hard for people to find anything resembling a quality vehicle at, 10, 000, at a $10,000 price point today. And it, it used to not be that hard. Um, it, it, you, could, you could almost find a somewhat quality vehicle at a $5,000 price point just a couple of years ago. Um, but that $5,000 vehicle is now the $10,000 vehicle. And it's no longer in the same condition it was in two years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how people do it. I really don't. I prefer to live vicariously through these guys. Well, <laughs> well, and we can. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and that's kind of like what we do. We, we, we review a lot of new vehicles, right? And of course, that's nice. But of course, as we just said, you know, new vehicle prices, you know, continue to go up. And partially because they're getting more capable, right? They're getting more luxurious. And yeah. of course, you know, that's that's nice if you just think about the capability of it. Uh, but it also takes the price with it. it, it, it the, you know, I just drove the um, GMC Sierra 84X and a starting price of $77,000 for a pickup truck. It's mighty capable, right? It, it's got lots of off-road hardware. It's got massaging seats. Wow. Um, which is nice in a pickup truck. But how many bedrooms does it come with? <laughs> you could build one in, in the back, I guess in the back, you could build a bedroom back there. I mean, because I'm just thinking the first house I ever bought was $55,000. <laughs> and that was a three bedroom home. You know, now it didn't have off-road capability, I will admit. But yeah. yeah, things have gotten out of hand. Yeah, totally. And we, we get those comments a lot. You know, we... We tried to buy, you know, the buzzworthy vehicles oftentimes for a long-term test. Um, and we, a year and a half ago, we bought the TRX. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, you know, really brand new, highly capable, super powerful truck. Uh, we get those comments a lot, you know, 
And actually some homes currently are in that $75,000 range. I was just in the Upper Peninsula in Michigan and I, I saw a home there I think it was just kind of a small, maybe two bedroom home for like 70 grand. Wow. So it's, 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 yeah, it was kind of up there, but it's still possible. One, uh, one number I just want to run past you, Andre, and this comes from Cox Automotive. They put out monthly, monthly reports. The average transaction price for a truck last month in April was $55,210. Is this for any? All new trucks, any truck, the average transaction price, brand new, 55. The average across all vehicles, let me find it here, let me find it here, was $46,526. So the average new truck price was $9,000 more than the average across all vehicles. But it just puts into perspective what the new normal is. You're either going to buy a two-bedroom house on the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. (laughs) Or... (laughs) Or... A tundra. <laughs> or you're going to live in your truck. Yep. Yeah. And with massaging seats, you might as well. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe Was might. there room for a flat screen? Wait, wait, wait. And instead of getting a six, seven, or eight-year loan, you might be able to get yourself a 15-year fixed rate on that, yes. on that new truck as well, which, you know, is kind of crazy to think, too. That's a joke. But you can't probably get up to a nine-year loan. Yeah, what is the current status of that? I mean, is it, is it like... You know, there was a seven-year loan and an eight-year loan. Are we are we getting higher still? Um, right now, um, it's you know normal is seventy-two, eighty-four. Some institutions are doing ninety-six month financing. Um, the only way that they'll be able to keep cars affordable, at least on a payment basis, is to continue to extend the terms. So I, I would think that we're going to start seeing nine and ten-year car loans. Uh, it'll be like like what they do in Japan when people buy a house in Japan, they get a hundred year mortgage uh, and they keep it in the family. So if you buy a new vehicle and you get one of those 10 or 15 year <laughs> loans, you'll keep it in the family. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, crazy to think of. Because I mean, for, if you're driving it every day to work, you know, after 10 years, the vehicle is used up. I mean, or... Actually, sooner, probably. I mean, probably after five or six or seven years, it's used up. Well, if you if you consider that the average miles driven is 15,000 miles a year, and somebody buys a vehicle and, and they have a eight or a nine year loan on it, um, you know, once it's 10 years old, it's going to have about 150,000 miles on it. And the cost to have maintained it is going to become astronomical. Mm-hmm. But nobody thinks about that when they sign on the dotted line to buy it brand new. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just maybe a, one of the last questions I have is, do you see, I mean, this shift, I mean, do people more ask you more about pickup trucks now? Because, I mean, technically they're, you know, getting more and more popular or like how is the bike by vehicle segment? What kind of interest do you see uh, out there? I'd say our audience is is fairly dispersed across the spectrum. We don't have a particular fixation on on you know powertrain or style of vehicle. Um, I think what's interesting, Andre, is people find YAA when they're kind of at the eleventh hour. A lot of people do. It's like, 
oh crap, I'm going to the dealership tomorrow. What do I do? And then they look to us just for that coaching and guidance to get, you know, to get through. And so we've got folks that love EVs. We've got folks that hate EVs. We've got <laughs> folks that want lifted pickup trucks to people buying Porsche GT3s. Um, it's, it's a full spectrum on our end. And fortunately, for the most part, what we do helps across the board. What, what we are seeing, at least on the used car side of things, Older. is that <clears throat> the smaller, more um, fuel-efficient vehicles are, uh, are appreciating in value much more quickly uh, than yeah. the larger SUVs and, and, and uh, gas-guzzling type vehicles. Crazy to think, pickup truck prices on the used market are actually down year over year for yes. May. They're down about 2%, while other segments like full-size vans are up 27%. And compact cars are up 15%. So that does not mean that, that pickup trucks are a good value right now per se, but because gas prices are so high and whatnot, there actually has been less appreciation on the used car side for pickup trucks than there has been for the more fuel efficient or the more really work specific vehicles that like vans that literally are not being produced by automakers right now. And, and this is the first time in <clears throat> my history that I can think of where cars have actually become an appreciating asset as opposed to what they've always been, which was a depreciating asset. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Yeah. Yes. So people, uh, we've got many, many messages from our, our viewers too. Uh, I had a two-year-old pickup truck. I just sold it for more than for what I bought it for. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> it's crazy, like that, you said. That, that can happen to that gladiator you're looking at. <laughs> Yes, totally, totally, and of course the 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 function of the fuel price, right, definitely is affecting it. And mm -hmm. when we planned the Go Big series uh, for the big SUV specifically, uh, <laughs> we realized after you know after everything was said and done, we're like, well, maybe that's not the best timing for the fuel, you know, thirsty excursion. You know, um, it looked a lot better in January. Than <laughs> <laughs> I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, it uh, now, so, uh, and then uh, you mentioned the electric. You said uh, your customers got kind of all, all over the spectrum, but but how's the electric market, electric vehicle market on your end? Uh, hybrids and EVs are the hottest commodities right now. Um, Someone on our team, Justin, he's one of our, he actually runs our YAA electric uh, YouTube channel and, and that podcast. He recently bought an Ionic 5 at MSRP and, and we were all giving each other high fives and attaboys. I mean, that's a win. That's a huge win. Uh, I think the key EV6 was just on consumer reports, like kind of a top 10 cars marked up the most at, at about 20% over MSRP. Tesla prices, the MSRPs go up seemingly once a month. Used Teslas are selling at auction way over their original MSRP. So EVs and then hybrids. I mean, the Toyota RAV4 Prime is like the hottest commodity out there because not a lot of people, we notice that there are a lot of people who are in the middle. They're not necessarily diehard, I need an EV, um, and they're not diehard, I need an internal combustion engine vehicle. They just want something that's practical and gets them pretty far. And it's interesting, Toyota's EV is actually kind of, I hate to say it, they kind of suck um, just from a term in terms of like battery capacity and how quickly they charge. Mm. So Toyota, it feels like in Lexus are really leaning into hybrids. And you know what? There's a heck of a lot of demand for that, but the prices are also going up considerably there as well. But we're seeing a lot of, I mean, a lot of interest in, in hybrids and, and EVs. 
Um, and I want to ask you this too, because we had this conversation yesterday, actually, in our internal meeting uh, when we were planning some of our stuff. We were just arguing about this, actually, not arguing, but bringing this question up. Because uh, <laughs> we've heard a lot of comments of, well, I cannot afford an $8,000 excursion because I have to fill it up every other day, but I can afford a $35,000 uh, Prius. You know, so there was this, this weird, this weird thing happening where people were choosing uh, more fuel efficient vehicles that are more expensive. Yeah. Uh, have you noticed that too? Well, I, I can just share with you my experience from when I used to run dealerships. Um, when gas prices would escalate like they have been now, uh, we would see people make the stupidest economic decisions you could ever hope to make oh, no. because they were thinking to themselves, well, my God, gas is $4 and 50 cents a gallon. It's costing me $400 a month. I'm going to trade out of this gas guzzler and, and go buy myself a more fuel efficient vehicle. Meanwhile, they might take a 10 or $15,000 loss to get rid of that vehicle and never Never try and sit down and pencil out how many years they're going to have to keep this new fuel efficient vehicle to make up for that loss that they just took. Mm -hmm. uh, all they wanted to know was, well, I cut my gas bill in half. So there, there's, there's a lot of decisions that get made by people that where they haven't really done a great job of thinking them out completely. And to that end, one of the big things we're working on is a lot of cost of ownership data tied back to each vehicle. So part of the vision for YAA is not only to help you buy your car and get a fair price, but to then also help you understand the cost of ownership and minimize, or, or quite frankly, even maximize the amount of value you're getting out of that vehicle when you do own it. So lots of work left on our end to continue to build out the platform to help support good decision-making. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, yeah, $35,000 Prius because it's cheaper to fill up is a tough tough sell yeah that makes a lot of sense and also like you mentioned insurance is important too because mm -hmm. um if you're, if you're buying a two-door sports car you know your insurance may be affected differently rather than a sedan right so and it just and um a lot of people at least and i've been in that boat too where i, I i'm lusting after that vehicle right but i totally forget about insurance you know and it's after the fact oh i just bought this hellcat Oh boy, um, now, now I have to insure it. Oh, Don't even get us started on maintenance and repairs because that's just the whole another, yeah, it's just so, the cost of ownership piece is huge. And I hope if we have another conversation a year from now, we'll have even more pieces built out there so we can help even more people. Well, that's really great. Uh, I really appreciate it. And it helped us obviously finding our vehicles. So, and thank you for, you know, for actually uh, sponsoring the series. Uh, I, I really, and the team really appreciates it. So uh, I just wanted to say a personal thanks. Well, like I said at the outset, I'm super proud. I think you are too. Proud. I am as well, yeah. And and Andre, we hope that we can do more in the future. And, and uh, you know, we we love what you all do. Um, maybe we can be your your car buying guys that you call in from every once in a while. We'll see, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not trying to plant too big of a seed, but we'd love to help. No, no, I, I think it's really, you know, it makes a lot of sense um, to, work, to work together. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Uh, and uh, we'll, you know, 
we'll continue uh, down this end. Uh, we we want to do more series like affordable series and also kind of affordable builds. It you know it doesn't have to be totally like a competition between vehicles, but like we've done a Toyota Tacoma little build, um, which is supposed to be a little bit more affordable, you know, a little bit more used vehicle and kind of updating it, you know, making it a little bit more fun. So we have a lot of uh, projects on the way. Cool. Very Same cool. on our end. We're not going anywhere. We'll be excited to watch. All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, we'll see you next time. And um, also on TFL Talking Trucks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.